our values here at Generation Church is uh, that we are faith pioneers. Is that number one value? If you go to our website, you sit on there. We are faith pioneers. Safe and settling in is not in our vocabulary. Uh, and, and, and that is something that we've gone by since we've uh, began uh, Generation Church. And uh, we try to live by and we check ourselves. Uh, are we still stepping out in faith in certain things? And so... Uh, this morning, uh, I want to introduce uh, to you two steps of faith that we're going to make today as a church, uh, because safe and settling in is not in our vocabulary. And so before we get into what we, what, what we talk about, uh, the first one is I want to invite uh, Chris and uh, actually bring Amy up as well with you. So if you want to come uh, up onto uh, uh, this uh, platform area. Yeah, and so Chris and Amy um, came uh, into Generation Church uh, the middle of last year, and uh, we, we've got to know them pretty well, um, and I've had lots of lunches with Chris, and uh, uh, we're part of a small group together, and so uh, we've just had lots of conversations, and uh, when Chris and Amy came into Generation Church, uh, I just felt after just a couple of meetings with Chris and just talking with him that God had brought them for a reason to our church, um, and uh, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Chris, uh, uh, background, he was a church planter, uh, and uh, he planted a church um, out in Carroll, Carroll County, right? And uh, for 10 years, was it 10 years? 11 years, he was there out and uh, planted uh, a thriving church and just felt God was uh, moving them on after, after that. They've been out in Wisconsin. Uh, for some reason, their kids decided to move to Wisconsin. And so I'm not sure what that's all about. Uh, but they went out and lived with, with, uh, out in Wisconsin for uh, a number of years. And then God brought them back to the Maryland area uh, about two years ago uh, to look after their parents. So they look after their kids, then they have a little break, and then they look after their parents, right? That's what normally happens. And so as we've been talking, I've been talking with Chris, I just felt that God has brought him to Generation Church for a reason. And the more we've been talking, the more I felt that as a church, we needed to make a step of faith. And uh, and so what that step of faith is, is that we have decided that we're going to bring Chris on in a pastoral role here at Generation Church. And so we're super excited about it because uh, if you you ever get a chance just to talk to Chris and talk to Amy, they have uh, an incredible passion for Jesus. They love Jesus like nobody's business. And not only do they love Jesus and have a passion for Jesus, but they have an incredible passion for the church of Jesus Christ. And so uh, Chris is going to come on alongside me and in a pastoral role and uh, join uh, our, our leadership team. And so, and we are excited. Uh, Chris is, uh, is, is going to be around uh, in the week a little bit more, way more than whatever I am. And so we are super excited um, about it. So what we're going to do in a moment, we're just going to pray for Chris and Amy and uh, um, as, as we begin this year and they begin uh, this new role. But, uh, um, you know, in true pastor's fashion, without giving any prior warning, I'm going to ask Christians to say something. I am so excited by this opportunity. When we first came to Generation in May, it was just very clear that this was home. And, uh, you know, we've never really had to church shop before. If any of you have ever done that, you know how difficult that process can be to find a place where you really feel like you belong and a place where you really feel like God is calling you not only for your own growth, but also to join in community. One of the things that you'll find the more time we spend together is that I am a firm believer in the process of community, that that's what the church is. It is an individual believer is growing closer to Jesus only. It's us growing closer to God as a corporate group. And that's really what my responsibility is going to be, is going to be to help each of us and all of us take that next step of, step of faith. So I hope that's part of what's in your heart for 2019. And Amy and I will just make ourselves available to you however we can. Whatever it is that you feel you need, we just want to come alongside you and help you make that next step as we make that next step, as Generation Church makes that next step. Great, wonderful. Well, let's uh, let's stand and we're going to pray for Chris and Amy. I'm going to ask Josh and um, Zoe if you want to come and lay hands on them. Erin's not in the room, is she? No, I don't know. I'm, 
as she is. I'm seeing her today. So, so if you want to come and, and if you guys just want to stretch out your hands to them, and let's as a church, let's just officially welcome them and uh, believe that God is going to do amazing things. I'm excited for this year, so I'm believing that God's going to do uh, amazing things. So let's let's pray together. Father God, we uh, just thank you. Thank you for your church, Lord Jesus. We thank you for the church of Jesus Christ. You said that you will build your church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And we thank you right here in this little corner of Harford County that you are building your church. And this morning, God, we thank you for Chris and Amy. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you have brought them in. We believe, God, that they've been brought for a reason. We believe, God, that you are going to use them in incredible ways. So, Father, as we bring this step of faith and we bring them on in a pastoral role, Father, we're praying today, Lord Jesus, that you are going to use them in amazing ways. Let the Holy Spirit just be so evident in this, Lord Jesus. Father, from every single day to each weekend, each Sunday, every conversation, every small group, Father, let the power of God be at the center of it. Father, we pray, Lord, as servants that we will help build your church. Lord, use us in whatever way. So God, we pray for blessing upon Chris and Amy, God. We pray for anointing upon Chris and Amy. God, we pray that the power of the Holy Spirit will be with them from this day going forward. Lord, that as a church, Lord, that we will see greater things yet to come. So Father, we thank you for them. We're believing for a great year. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. You may take your seats after. Okay, so... Another thing I just wanted to share with you, this isn't a, one of those steps of faith. That was the first step of faith. So uh, another thing, just before Christmas, I got approached by um, uh, an organization called Youth for Christ. Um, who uh, they've been called Youth for Christ for years. I think they call themselves Campus Life now. And what they are, uh, uh, this is how, like Billy Graham, you know, the great preacher. That's how he started with an organization called Youth for Christ. And they have been desiring and wanting to have a, a group that gathers in the Bel Air area for a while. And they came to me and approached me if, as a church that we would help partner with them and that they could have a group here at Generation Church. And so, as I started, it was just talking with them and we were, we were just uh, dreaming about what this could look like. I just felt it would be a great fit for us here at Generation Church. And so uh, we're not sure exactly the start date yet, but uh, maybe in February time, uh, we are going to have a Youth for Christ or Campus Life group that is going to start here at Generation Church uh, throughout the week. Now, they're not going to be called Generation Church. They'll be called Campus Life. Um, but uh, we're excited about it. And so if you have any... Uh, uh, middle or high school students who you know of any uh, that you know uh, that they just need to connect with other students. Uh, if you know of anyone who, who just doesn't go to church, any kids that don't go to church or, you know, uh, uh, just doesn't know the Lord and would be in, in need of something like that, then start to talk to them about what, what's going to happen here. It's a great organization um, and uh, we're super excited about it. And so what we're going to do, our youth is going to then partner with them and uh, and, and, uh, and, and we believe in that God is going to use it in great ways. So just want to let you know about what's coming within that uh, because we're excited uh, about it. Uh, we've always said, like, you know, why try and reinvent the wheel? If someone can do something really good, why try to struggle ourselves to keep doing it? So uh, we're actually going to partner with them and, uh, and help them. And uh, I spoke with Brandon, our, uh, our youth director, and he's super excited about it as well. And so just to let you know on that. So now the second like leap of faith that we're going to do today is I'm going to do something I have never, ever done before. And I pray I never have to do this ever again either. So we're going to start a brand new series today and uh, introducing our theme for the year. Because every, every year, the first Sunday of the year, we introduce a theme for the year. Last year, it was, uh, the theme was fill me up. We wanted God just to fill us up. Um, and, uh, and I'll introduce the theme in a little bit. Uh, but that sermon series, we're going to start next week. Uh, but today, we're going to do something that, like I said, I've never done before. And that is, I'm coming into this thing blind today. So I'm going to need a lot of grace today. Because every single sermon or talk I've ever given... I've always had a bunch of notes that I've read off. 
And as I was in prayer and as I started this series, we're starting this series, I really felt the Lord say, I want you to hold off that series and I just want you to share your heart. So I was like, okay, God, I'll do that. So I start writing it down. And I, start, and I hear the Lord say, no, I just want you to share your heart. And so as I prayed more throughout the week, I got my notepad out and I kept feeling God saying, no, 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 no. I want you to share your heart. And so that's what I'm going to do this morning. So for me, this is a leap of faith for me. I don't normally get afraid of being up here on a Sunday morning, but today I got the jitters a little, right? And so it's probably going to be the worst sermon you've ever heard in your life. But that's okay, because I really want to be obedient. And let just this be a lesson to all of us. When we hear God speak, we should follow what God is saying, even if sometimes it makes no sense at all. So this is what I'm going to do this morning. I'm going to share my heart with you. And every year in, at the beginning of, of January, I go on this, uh, on this season of prayer and fasting. And I've done it for many years, and uh, it's looked different in, in, in different ways. Uh, but what I do is throughout that time, throughout those days, I, I, I get my journal out, and um, I write down my prayers. I journal my prayers. And do you like my patriotic? Uh, you guys bought me this, by the way. Let me just say, I got this for pastor's appreciation one year. And every year I write down, and it's really neat because I was, I was just reading through just some of my prayer requests from previous years. And uh, I was reading some from 2017. And I was looking down, and suddenly my heart was filled with joy. Because some of those requests that I had asked in 2017, in 2018, God answered those prayers. And it was amazing. And I encourage you, journal your prayers down. When you've got something specific, journal it down. Because it increases faith. Because in years to come, you can look back and see, wow, God actually answered that prayer. Which is pretty amazing. But I want to start off today by just reading a prayer that I wrote down on January 2nd, 2018. January 2nd, 2018. I was in a very different place in my life than I am, or I was on January 2nd, 2019. But in two, January 2nd, 2018, I want to read the prayer that I journaled before God. It was a heavy prayer. And this is what I said. Father God, as I start this 2018 fast, I do so broken and defeated. The toil of pastoring and leading has run me down. As a leader, I feel defeated. As a husband, I feel defeated. As a born-again believer, I feel defeated. I look at your church, and the fear of losing more people far outweighs the hope of tomorrow. With this, I know I am defeated. My heart aches. My soul cries for so many people who have even being taken captive by the enemy of our soul, or the enemy has used to break me down. All I see is the enemy winning. But I know you are the victor. Your word says it, history reveals it, and my heart believes it. I am out of ideas. But you, Lord, can just say the word, and defeat will turn to victory. Loss will turn to gain, and fear will tremble at hope in you. So as I begin this consecrated time, my prayer is that Generation Church will turn around. Your promise will come to pass. A harvest will be plentiful, and healing rivers will flow. Both Raquel and I need an infilling. Your church needs an infilling. Let this time be in vain, but let it move mountains, open doors, break open chains, and end with an outpouring that will save souls. I pray, do it, Lord Jesus. Please come. That was my heart this time last year. It was heavy. 
2017 had been the hardest year of my pastoral ministry. I cried more tears in 2017 than I ever had before. The tears of 2017 had worn me down. And so I entered 2018 broken. And some of you are entering 2019 broken. You don't realize it. You don't realize the toil of life has just worn you down. And maybe some of you, you are broken today. Maybe some of you, your marriage is broken. Maybe some of you, your marriage is broken and your spouse doesn't even know it. Some of you, your finances are broken. Some of you, your spirit is broken. There may be others that your dreams are broken. Maybe your future is broken. Maybe like me last year, the pain of defeat far outweighed the hope of tomorrow. That's not a good place to be. And maybe you're in that place today. Maybe you're just broken in your faith. And you're wondering if God even cares anymore. Let me tell you, if you are in that place today, then that is not a bad place to be. For the psalmist said in Psalm 51, he said that the sacrifice of God is a broken spirit. For a broken spirit and a repentant heart, God will not cast away. See, when we come to God with a broken spirit, this is what I believe God does. He takes what was broken and he fixes it and he makes it new. So as we started 2018, my heart was so heavy. And I cried out to God, God, I need an infilling of the Holy Spirit. I need something in my life to fill me up because the toil of just everyday life is wearing me down and I don't think I can go on. And this is what happened in 2018. I believe God looked at me like a sick child. And God wrapped his arms around me and he doted on me. You know when your child is sick, for those of you who've got children, you don't just leave them to be sick by themselves. You want to come and cuddle them. You want to give them whatever you want. If they want candy, you give them candy, right? If they want to watch a movie that you never normally let them watch, you let them watch that movie. You put a blanket over them. You cuddle them and kiss them. And this is what I believe God did for me in 2018. I believe God doted on me. And it's almost embar- I'm almost embarrassed about the blessings that God gave me in 2018. As the year went on, I just felt God's blessing pour out more and more and more and more. Many of the things in my life didn't change. Some of the things remained the same. Some things got better. Some things got worse. But God was there doting on me. I even went to Bermuda for free. I mean, that's pretty awesome. And some people say, well, that was just a trip. But I believe God gave that to us because we needed it. We were tired. Without kids, it was. We got so many blessings through that through 2018. That's why I said, I didn't want 2018 to end because it was such a blessed year. And this is what I know for those of you who are going through issues in your life where you feel broken right now. Maybe you feel broken in your job or broken in your home or broken in your family, broken in your spirit. This is what I know. When you offer God a broken heart, a broken spirit, this is what God does. He dotes on you. And it's not just, here God, I'm offering you my broken emotions It's no God, I'm done with this life, I can't take any more, so I'm going to give you everything. And that's kind of what I did in 2018. And it's amazing the difference between 2018 and 2019. Last year I entered the year in this state of brokenness. But this is what God did. He took my little broken life. And he started to breathe new life into it. And it became this new shiny thing. And that is what God can do for you. If you just give your life completely onto God, 
And what I mean completely, not just on a Sunday morning in worship, not just coming to church, but everything. Give your family to God. Give your finances to God. Give your career to God. Give your dreams to God. Give every part of your life to God. As a broken person, this is what God does. He starts to breathe new life into you. He dotes on you. I'm praying God dotes on me again this year. I'm really hoping he does. But the reason I say that is because this is where I feel that we are this year. This year, I'm not broken. Yeah, there are some things that are annoying or a pain and you have to deal with, but I'm not broken this year. I'm expectant this year. I'm excited this year. And this is why I'm excited, because I believe God is going to do some things that we've never seen before, that God is going to do some things in your life, in my life, in our church, in our gathering, that God is going to do some things that is going to surprise us. And this is my prayer this year. God, just let me have the wisdom and the courage to step into all those open doors that you are going to open for us, because that's where I am this year. That's where I believe that we are at. And so this year, as I've been praying about, okay, what is our theme for 2019? God, what, what are you wanting us to do? Where are you wanting us to go for 2019? It, 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 it's a several-month process, right? Going back to August, this was, God, what, what do you want for 2019? I felt God landed me on a passage of Scripture, a chapter in the Bible, found in John chapter 17. John chapter 17. So if you have your Bibles, if you want to turn to John chapter 17, the words will be on the screen as well. Let me just give you some background for this chapter. The Last Supper has just taken place. Jesus has taught his last teaching to his disciples. They have broken bread together. Jesus has said that Judas is going to betray him and Peter is going to deny him. They finished dinner and they've made their way to a little place called the Garden of Gethsemane. And there, if you, don't, if you, if you remember in Scripture, Jesus said, wait here to his disciples and watch and pray. For I'm going to go and pray for the, for the Father. Will you pray with me? Now, the Bible tells us that all, his, all the disciples fell asleep and then Jesus came back, got angry and says, Could you wait with me even one hour? But I got a, stinky, a, a little stinking feeling that one of the disciples didn't fall asleep. Because John here records the prayer that Jesus prayed to God. And this is the prayer that Jesus prayed just before Jesus was going to be arrested and then sentenced to death and crucified on a cross. And this is what Jesus says. It's a long prayer. And so bear with me. We're going to take it a little section by section so we can see exactly what Jesus is saying. And this is what Jesus says. In John chapter 17, verse 1, after saying these things, Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son so we can give back so we can give glory back to you. For you have given him authority over everything. He gives eternal life to each one you have given him. And this is the way to have eternal life. To know you, the only true God. And Jesus, and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. I brought glory to you here on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Now, Father, bring me into the glory we shared before the world began. I have revealed you to the ones you gave me from this world. They were always yours. You gave them to me, and they have kept your words. Now they know that everything I have is a gift from you, for I have passed on to them the message you gave me. They accepted it, and I know, I know that I came from you, and they believe you sent me. My prayer is not for this world, 
but for those you have given me because they belong to you. All who are mine belong to you, and you have given them to me. So they bring me glory. Now I'm departing from this world. They are staying in this world. But I'm coming to you, Holy Father. You have given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name so that they will be united just as we are. So I want to just pause there just for a moment. So here is Jesus on his knees in agony before God because he knows this is his final hour. And this is what Jesus prays. Jesus prays, Father, thank you for revealing yourself to the world through me. But then he prays this. He says, for you have given me a name. We know that name is Jesus, Jesus Christ. It's a powerful name. It's a name that Jesus was able to go and perform miracles and open up the eyes of the blind and, and raise the sick and feed 5,000 with just a few loaves and fish. It's a powerful name. And Jesus says, thank you, God, for giving me this name. But then this is Jesus' prayer. He says, I do not pray for the world, which I think is a little strange, because Jesus' mission was to come and to seek and save those which was lost, the world. He says, in his final prayer, I do not pray for the world, but instead I pray for those you have given me. He's talking about his disciples and those who followed him and around. This was Jesus' concern right before he was to die. I'm concerned about the people that you have given me. Then Jesus prays this, Lord, Father, give them the power of my name so that they may be protected. Give them the power of my name. And for you who are believers of Jesus Christ this morning, that is a prayer that God is praying for you. That you will receive the power of the name of Jesus to protect you. As you move forward in whatever you do in life, if you are a believer of Jesus Christ and you have access to the name which is above every name, that is the name of Jesus, the Bible says the name that one day every knee will bow and tongue will confess, you have the power of that name going with you to protect you in whatever you do. And this is Jesus' prayer. So he says, God, he says, Father, let your name, let the name of Jesus, the power that you've given me, let it be on these people. Let them go forward with this power. Let, let's continue reading. In verse 12, it says, Jesus prayed, during my time here, I protected them, talking about his disciples, by the power of the name you gave me. I guarded them so that no one was lost except the one headed for destruction as the scriptures foretold. He's talking about Judas there. Then verse 13, now I am coming to you, Jesus says. I told them many things while I was with them in this world so they would be filled with my joy. I have given them your word and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so that they can be made holy by your truth. Now let's pause there for a moment. So now Jesus has prayed that his followers will receive the power of the name of Jesus. So what, what was done in the name of Jesus, they also will be able to do. Re remember when uh, Peter and John, they were on the, on the way to the temple one day and, uh, uh, and there was a lame man and he was asking for money. And, uh, and Peter and John says, uh, we don't have any silver or gold to give you. But this is what we're going to do. We're going to give you what we do have. So rise up and walk in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And the lame man walked. See, they were walking with the power 
of the name of Jesus. So now they have the power of the name of Jesus. Now the next thing that Jesus prays is this. He prays, now God, Father, don't take them out of the world. Don't make a little, you know, cocoon community just for Christians. Leave them in the world because they have a message to give to this world. They need to go and, and declare and, and finish the mission that, that, that I came to this world to. And that's to come and seek and save those which was lost. That's the, that, 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 that is to come and, and give the good news of Jesus Christ. And what's the good news of Jesus Christ? The good news of Jesus Christ is this. That anyone who believes on the Lord Jesus Christ shall not perish but have everlasting life. That's the good news. That we can have the kingdom of heaven here on earth without even having to wait to get to heaven for it. That's the good news. So now Jesus is saying, now Father, give them the power of the name of Jesus so that they can go into the world and they can tell everybody about Jesus. Now that is the mission of the church of Jesus Christ. See, so many people just try to go to tell without relying on the name of Jesus. But first you need the name of Jesus, and then you go and tell the world about Jesus. But it doesn't stop there. And this is where we get to what I really want us to leave today and understand. In verse 20 of John 17, Jesus said this, I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. That means... That, that night, before Jesus died, he didn't just pray for his disciples. He prayed for you and me. There's comfort in that verse. For all those who will ever believe in my message, and if you believe in Jesus today, Jesus was praying for you. He says, I pray that in me, through their message, so I pray that they will be all one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you, that they may be in us, and that the world will believe that you sent me. So this is what Jesus is praying. You've got a disciple. It could be Peter, it could be John, it could be Betty, it could be Tom, it could be George, it could be any one of you. And this is what Jesus is saying. That as I was united to you, Father, I pray that Tom, Betty, George, Peter, John, and everybody else will also be united with you. So this is what Jesus is praying. You've got a disciple, and then you've got God. And he's praying that we will be united together with God. Isn't that the life of the believer? The Christian believer. See, we, we don't come just to sing some songs and just hear a motivational message and go home. We come together because we believe that, that we have a relationship with God. We don't come just to do a duty or to, to come and to just feel less guilty about ourselves. We come together and we are on this journey of faith because we have a relationship with God. And that's what Jesus is praying there. He's praying that his disciples, just as Jesus and the Father are one, that they become one with each other. And my prayer for you is that you will increase, and Zoe even prayed it this morning, that you will increase in your relationship with God, that God will become so real to you. And that your relationship with God will be so tight. And Jesus said, this is what we need to do. If we're going to go into the world and tell people about the message of Jesus, then we need the Father with us. But Jesus didn't stop there. And so many people, they believe all I need is God. That's all I need is God. And yeah, he is all I need. But if you want to be a disciple of Jesus then you need more than just you and God. For this is what Jesus prayed. And listen carefully to this, verse 22. Jesus says, I have given them the glory you gave me so that they may be one as we are one. 
Now, Jesus is now reflecting from it being about the disciple and God to the disciple and each other. So you had a disciple, you added God, and now you add another disciple. And this is what Jesus is praying. Think, this isn't just an average prayer. Jesus one day, hey, let's pray about whatever. Jesus is praying before he is going to the cross. This is his last time where he's really going to be able to diligently seek God. And this is what Jesus is saying. He's saying, let my disciple be at one with the Father and at one with each other. This is, I love what verse 23 says. Jesus says, I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Then Jesus said this, Father, I want these who you have given me to be with me where I am. Then they can see all the glory you gave me because you loved me even before the world began. Oh, righteous Father, Jesus says, the world doesn't know you, but I do, and these disciples know you sent me. I have received you to them and will continue to do so. Then your love for me will be in them and I will be in them. But let's go back to verse 23. Actually, I have a slide and it's uh, verse 23 in the English Standard Version. Not normally a, a version that I like to read much, but I love what the Bible says in the English Standard Version. So it's, in the New Living Translation, it tells us, it says that they may be in perfect unity. But look at what the English Standard Version says. Jesus says, I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one so that the world will know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. I love that terminology, perfectly one, because that is the prayer of Jesus, that you don't just become united with Christ, but the prayer of Jesus is that you become united with the Father, united with the Son, united with the Holy Spirit, and united with one another. Because then this is what happens when a church is perfectly at one with each other. The world will know that Jesus is the Son of God. And then the world will know that Jesus loves them. Remember what the mission of Jesus was? It was to come and to seek and to save those who were lost. Jesus says, I've come into the world and, uh, uh, to reveal the glory of God. And, and now these disciples, let them stay in the world. Don't remove them from the world. Stay, let them stay in the world so they can continue the message of Jesus. And this is how you do it. By becoming perfectly at one with each other. See, so many people think that the way that we tell people about Jesus is through incredible worship services. I love worship services. I love to worship God. But I've discovered that isn't the way that we reach the world with the message of Jesus. Some people think that we reach the world by blasting everything over Facebook, sending out mailers, and doing this huge marketing campaign, which I've got nothing against. But that isn't how you reach the world for Jesus. Some people think it's by great preaching. You know, it's somebody with a handkerchief wiping sweat off their face, stomping on the ground, you know. I love that kind of stuff, by the way. But I got a feeling that isn't the way that we reach the world with the message of Jesus. Some people think it's by building elaborate buildings and putting millions of dollars into a church building, building big cathedrals. I love big cathedrals. But that isn't the way we tell the world about the message of Jesus. It's Jesus' prayer before the Father 
said, Lord, make them one with you and perfectly one with each other. Then the world will know that, Father, you sent me, Jesus said. And they will know that I love them so much. So Matt, each of you, you have friends, you have family, you have co-workers and people who do not know God. They are so far away from Jesus that they have no desire for the things of God at all. They would be the world. How do we reach them? How do we set out and, 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 and tell them about the good news of Jesus? Is it by giving them a track? Invite them to a Christmas service where we all party poppers? How much fun that was? Do you know how we reach them? By showing them that you are united to God and united to each other. It sounds simple, but it's so difficult. A few years ago, we introduced uh, here at Generation Church, kind of just what we feel as a church our vision is. And, uh, and I'll show you that in a minute. But as I look out of our community, I see a desert. I feel we live in a desert. Not a literal desert because we've had so much rain, it's been unbelievable. Nothing desert about our land right now. <clears throat> but spiritually, I feel we're in a desert. And I feel that Generation Church is this place where we should be an oasis in the desert. i got a picture of an oasis for you. Take a look at this. Looks wonderful, right? Especially in January. But I feel that's what Generation Church is. This place where the world is so thirsty, and sometimes they don't even know they're thirsty. They don't even know what it looks like. And there's so many mirages around that they're chasing after. But I feel here at Generation Church, we're like an oasis. And if we don't become perfectly one and united with one another and united with God, this is what's going to happen. The desert is going to overtake the oasis. And I don't want that to happen. Because there are some thirsty people out there who need an oasis. We also said that a couple of years ago that we're like an airport hub. How many of you actually like airports? You know, anyone? Not many people at all. But an airport hub is a place where you connect. It's a connection place where you're on a journey. You go there and maybe you've come from a far land. You go to the hub and you connect to your next journey. And I've got a map of, uh, of, of flights going like from different, uh, different hubs uh, throughout the United States. And uh, you, you can see it. All these different connections going all over the world, right, from a hub. And I feel that's what God has called us here at Generation Church to be. This connection point to help people on their next spiritual journey, their next spiritual leg. But we can never do it unless we are perfectly one with the Father and with each other. We actually even made a slide, a little visual, so you could see what, what kind of stuff that we, uh, we would do. And you could see it right here, our little hub with our main terminal and, you know, the importance of the discipleship and community and, and outreach and starting new churches and, uh, and, and things like that. But that's what I believe here at Generation Church. We, we, we are and we've always believed this and we believe that God has great things for us here in this little corner of Harvard County. But we will never be able to reach the world with the love of Jesus unless we are perfectly one. So next week, we're going to start a brand new series, which is going to be our theme for the year called Perfectly One. And throughout the next several weeks, we're going to discuss how as a church we can be perfectly one. We can be united together in different things. Uh, and we're going to discuss stuff like service and sacrifice and worship and prayer and, and, and all different ways and caring for one another. We're, we're going to discuss all those different things, how we can be perfectly one. But I believe in 2019 that our biggest priority is to show a world how we love one another. Because when we show the world how we love one another, the world starts to see the love of Christ.
And so this is what I want us to do this morning. In a moment, we're going to finish with communion. What better way to bring us together than communion? It's a thing that binds the church together throughout the centuries, communion. We come and take it together. That's why it's called communion. It's not like solo, you know, on its own. Communion, communal together. And we're going to take that. But this is what we're going to do. On your chair, you have a piece of string. That piece of string represents you. I'm sorry that's all that represents you. There's more to you than a piece of string, I'm telling you. But that represents you. And this is what I want us to do this morning as we take communion together. I want you to come, and I'm going to put one right here, a bunch of string, and one right here. And I want you just in your own time to come and take a piece of string that represents God. As a commitment to say, God, I'm going to be united to you this year. And I want you to start to, in whatever creative way you can do it, start to weave your string with God's string. Maybe you might tie them together. Maybe you might do like a, some sort of French braid or whatever. I don't know. But weave it together. And as you start doing that, I want you to come over to the other plate and I want you to pick up another piece of string. And that represents everybody else. And if you're committed to this year, to start to weave it together with the string that represents you and God. To say together, we're going to show this world of the love of Christ. I've got one more picture I want to show you. It's about a piece of rope. See that little piece of string that you've got there? You're not going to be able to go very far with that. Try towing a car with that. You may be able to tow a Lego car, but that's about it. It's not very strong. But when it starts to weave together with other strings... It becomes strong. Now this, even though it's not the strongest rope in the world, this thing can hold some serious weight. And the more it interloops with each other, the stronger it becomes. The Proverbs say that a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. And that's what we're doing this morning. We're believing that this year in 2019, that God is, is bringing us together in a triple braided cord. Ourselves, God, and each other. So this is what I want us to do this morning. On your chairs, you have your little communion cups. Nothing elaborate about these either. And what we're going to do in a moment in your own time, I want you to take it. There's a wafer that represents the, blood, the, the body of Jesus broken for us. There's a piece of juice that represents the blood of Jesus that was shed for us. On that night when Jesus was put to death for the sins of humanity. But the Bible tells us this. Apostle Paul wrote, says, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it and he gave thanks. And he says, this is my body, which is broken for you. Then after supper, he took the cup and he said, and he lifted up the cup. And he said, this is the cup of the new covenant. Drink this in remembrance of me. Then he says this, for as often as you meet together, do this to remember me until the Lord comes again. It's an act of community. It's an act of coming together, believing that tomorrow great things are ahead. And so as we're going to take communion this morning in, in this place, I want you to take communion and, and take it saying, God, I want to be united with you. But in this place as we take it together, let us be united together because of all that Jesus has given to us. He's given us a name that is more powerful than any other name. He's given us a mission that is the greatest mission of this world, to tell the world about the love of Jesus. 
but he's also given us a tool to be able to do what he's called us to do, and that's called the church of Jesus Christ. So in your own time this morning, why don't you take the bread and the wine, and then if you are willing, if you want to come and take a piece of string from the God plate and a piece of string from the church plate and bind it together with your string. When I was a kid at our church, we used to always have a service on the 31st of December. And I remember one year, some guy was praying for so long. He prayed through the new year. We're like, shut up. But at New Year's, we would always sing this song. And I'm not going to ask us to sing it this morning. Trust me. But it was a song. uh, It was a hymn that we used to sing. And it was called Bind Us Together. And the lyrics went like this, like, bind us together, Lord, bind us together with cords that cannot be broken. It said, bind us together, Lord, bind us together, bind us together with love. Then it said, there is only one God, there is only one King, there is only one, uh, I forgot it now, church or something. But I always remember, and we used to like, in a real cheesy way, like stand arm in arm and like, you just couldn't do this, you had to cross your arms, you know. And it was the churchy way of doing that old land zine. But I always remember that every single year. And this is why. Because this is what I know. A church that is united together beams the light and the love of Christ more than anything else. And that's my prayer and desire for us here at Generation this year that we will beam with the light and the love of Christ more than anything that we've ever seen before. That on a Sunday morning, that this place will be beaming with a light, like the bat sign in the air, the Batman sign in the air, you know? Because this is what I know, that when a church is united to God and to each other, the world sees that Jesus is the Son of God and the world knows that Jesus loves them. And that is all the mission that we have to tell the world about the love of Christ. So this is what we're going to do this morning. For those of you who've got your little things, I couldn't do a French braid, so I don't have a girl. I have a boy, so I have no idea how to do that stuff. But if you want to stand and if you want to just raise your cords up in the air as an act of faith this morning, we're going to pray before we leave today. And as we pray, we're going to pray that God is going to do amazing things this year here at Generation Church. So let's stand and lift your cords in the air this morning. Father, we thank you for the church of Jesus Christ. We thank you for the message of Jesus Christ. We thank you for the hope that there is in Jesus Christ. And God, we thank you for the love there is through Jesus Christ. And so this morning, God, as we lift these cords to you, God, a cord that represents us, a cord that represents you and a cord that represents each other. Father, as they are tied together, we pray that you will bind us together with cords that cannot be broken, that this year, a generation, that we will be a triple braided cord that cannot be broken, that we will declare the love and the glory of Jesus Christ to this world around us, that our community will know that Jesus is the Son of God and that Jesus loves them so much. So this year, let this year be a great year. Let us see so many victories this year as we look forward in expectation of what you're going to do. We love you, God, and we leave this place united together and united with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.